Hello and welcome to Art in the Age of Lockdown with me, Ilaria Bevan, brought to you by Artpop magazine. Every week you'll listen to a conversation between myself and a range of artists, gallerists, curators and other art professionals about their experiences since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as their hopes for the future. I am delighted to announce that today's guest is Executive Director of Gallery Todayus Ropak London, Polly Robinson Gayer. Representing over 60 artists, including Anthony Gormley, George Baslitz, and Anselm Kiefer, Todayus Ropak is one of the leading art galleries specialising in contemporary art. Alongside their impressive London space at Ely House Mayfair, they occupy additional locations in both Paris and Salzburg that curate an impressive list of exhibitions every year. Welcome to the podcast, Polly. Thank you very much, Ilaria. So where, will you, where are you coming to me from? <laughs> well, um, I am actually at, in the gallery today, despite it being closed to the public, um, so we don't have any visitors. Uh, we still have some crucial work going on here, uh, which we have to do from here. And um, I obviously respecting the government uh, guidelines of working from home when you can. So most of the time we are working from home. But there are certain things happening today. I had a client viewing. Um, we ha- we're photographing some artwork for the next shows, which I had to do from the gallery. I couldn't have done that of from home. So uh, I am actually sitting in my office in Edie House in Mayfair. Yes, yes. It's a, such a beautiful space. The staircase is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> um, and we're you know, very lucky, yes. I have such fond memories of every time I go and the you know the last time I went back in June when yes. we when it was open with um the Art Basel yes display which was wonderful with the because yes sign and everything so I just want to start by asking what would have been your routine at Todayus Ropak roughly 12 months ago so round about <laughs> you know late January when all the covid news was starting to emerge yeah in January 2020 um, we had an exhibition of works by um, Valley Export. So she was an extraordinary artist who's in her 80s and an Austrian artist. And we recreated her 1980 Venice Biennale pavilion in the gallery. So um, I would have, a normal day in the life of the executive director of Ropat Gallery would be I would start work with an enormous cup of coffee between 9.30 and 10. I'd come into the gallery. The gallery opens to the public at 10 o'clock, so the door would open. And um, visitors will come in. So we have walk-ins, or very often I would have prearranged meetings or viewings with collectors I know or curators. Um, I have 14, 15 members of staff here, so I would meet with them regularly throughout the day, discussing on future projects or future art fairs, future exhibitions, sales problems, always problems coming up. And one of my one of my jobs is uh, troubleshooting and trying to uh, sort problems out. So I have to say I'm quite glad that that's not arising now. But um, yeah, it would be 
walking through the exhibitions, speaking to my colleagues in my other branches, speaking to my artists. Um, we represent 65 artists. I work closely with uh, four artists and four artists' estates. So that means constantly speaking to them about their ongoing projects, future exhibitions. Um, I would also probably be planning uh, a trip to Paris. So this time last year, I was working on opening a big Anthony Gormley exhibition in our Paris gallery. So I was pre-planning that, tweaking the guest list, making sure the installation was going well. Um, and that was actually the last time I traveled, was in March 2020, going over to Paris for Anthony Gormley's beautiful exhibition in our space there. And I haven't been anywhere since then, <laughs> which is very unusual, Ilaria, because normally I spend a lot of my time jumping on and off planes or Eurostar. So it will almost be 10 months without any travel is extraordinary. So there you go. I hope that gives you a picture of how my a day, a Friday in the in the Ropac Gallery would have been. Very busy, very busy. Very busy, very stimulating. And lots and of in-person in kind of meetings with yes. all of your clients and artists and curators yes. and things. It must be yes. very strange to now have to suddenly talk to them over Zoom or Skype yeah. or whatever other new software is it being is. developed. Well, it is, but like we're talking together now, I think we've become very used to it. And I think we all realise that it is not essential to have a face-on-face -face meeting. Uh, you know, I never thought I could sell a picture on a Zoom meeting this time last year. And let me tell you, that's what we've been doing. So I think this amazing software has made our life so much easier. And I really think it will be, they'll, there will be communication tools that we will continue to use even when travel restrictions um, open up and I, I am, it will be able to travel and go to my other galleries or see my artists or clients. I'm very sure I'll do less of them and we'll do Zoom meetings instead. So uh, that's one good thing. I think we've all learned, we've all become a lot more digitally pro uh, proficient over this year. I know you, you, you are very digitally proficient, but um, <laughs> someone of my generation still struggles a bit to keep up with it all. Um, but I think it's here to stay and we will be using all of those tools. Yeah. And certainly, you know, we've all been reading on, you know, blogs or in the newspaper or pretty much anywhere that, you know, the art world is becoming so much more acclimatized to this online kind of world because mm -hmm. you know we have you know I don't even know how many art fairs around the world and you know people like yourself would have traveled all over you know hopping on airplanes every other weekend trying to navigate the intense international art scene do you mm -hmm. miss going to art fairs I mean you know as we spoke about earlier the art Basel in Hong Kong didn't take place mm -hmm. and so you showcased your wonderful works at your London space um, well, do I personally miss them? I hope my boss is not miss listening. Personally, <laughs> no. I have never, ever liked art fairs. I found them very, very um, stressful and exhausting. And I 
not sure that the art looks its best, but it is an incredibly important part of our business. And um, it's an extraordinary way of connecting with people you simply would not be able to connect with uh, otherwise. And it has become an enormous part of the buying pattern over these past 15, 10 to 15 years. The art fair is where people buy art. And um, I don't think it's great. I don't think artists love them. And I always think what's best for my artists. But it is 100% um, brilliant for selling art, you know. And that's mm -hmm. where it's a very efficient way, if you're a collector, to go to one place and see 200 or 300 of the world's best galleries in one venue. Uh, you know, that's a very, very efficient way of, of looking at art and making connections. Um, so do I personally miss them? No, but the business misses them. And it's a big part of galleries revenue. And obviously that's um, been uh, made a big, big difference to the income generated by the galleries this year. And we hope that the next real art fair well we just read today actually yesterday Ilaria that mm -hmm. Art Basel in June has been cancelled and that's yes, really such an important European art fair for us actually it's one of the great art fairs of the world and the great and the good of the art world would have absolutely been migrating to um, spend three or four days in Basel and that's cancelled so we don't know what will happen. Uh, they'll do an online version, but it's a very different experience. And um, but that is our new reality, and we're we're having to change to that. But uh, I I wonder if there will be that many art fairs. I think what we will see is that there will be less art fairs happening, and also we're all so aware of our carbon footprint. Yes, of course. And um, art fairs are not very um, ecologically friendly with obviously all the building of the walls and the transport and the aeroplanes and the endless um, carbon emissions made from thousands and thousands of people traveling first class to get over there or with their private jets. So I think we're all very much more uh, aware of our carbon footprint now, actually. And I think we'll see a little bit of a change in our travel habits. And I think certainly the future is virtual. I mean, I remember getting on my first plane from Dundee, um, 20 minutes from St Andrews back to London and it was the strangest experience mm -hmm. I'd completely forgotten what it was like to step on a plane and go through you know the albeit small security um I can hardly imagine how anyone would go back to traveling mm. to all of these art fairs um mm. I think you know although they might not be the most social or the you know the most enjoyable experience I mean art really in my opinion, should be seen in person. Exactly. You know, I think a lot of people like yourself, you know, are quite grateful to be able to, you know, shop for art, if you will, if I can put it in that way, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the, uh, the International Art Fairs website. Um, do you think the competition for these artworks will be increased or decreased as a result of these online kind of auctions? Uh, very good question. Yes, I... I'm sure the, the, it, it will become easier to look at 
art online than ever before, is that going to result in the same amount of transactions? I don't think so. At a certain level, maybe. But there is nothing like standing in front of a work of art, that physical experience of, of being in front of it, of smelling the oil paint or seeing your walking around the edge of a sculpture and seeing how it sits in the space, seeing how your body feels next to it, seeing how it stands on the wall, seeing how the windows glint in on its surface. That is a magical experience. And you can't, with all the great technology in the world, you cannot replicate that physical experience of, of literally interacting, of meeting a painting. I'm sitting in my office at the moment looking at a Sean Scully painting. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I was to look at that online, I would glance and walk on. But standing in front of it, smelling the oil paint, looking how the shadows coming through the windows are glinting and bouncing off its surface is so compelling that you get a real, you have a dialogue with it and a real engagement with it. I can't replicate that online. Me too. Not with paintings, not with sculptures. I think certain art works very well online. Photography, mm -hmm. certain works on paper works really well online. And I do think it will mean that, a, let's say, a younger audience who wouldn't be able to travel to all these fairs will get to see the work. Um, so I think there's plus points and minus points, but that absolute, that extraordinary reaction it's almost like a physical reaction you get when you fall in love with an artwork I can't will never be able to do that online and so. I have much the same experience <laughs> I remember you? back in March I tried with a friend of mine to you know go on the google arts and culture sites and you know explore galleries you know mm. I think we went to the Van Gogh Museum I believe mm -hmm. in Amsterdam and we tried to look at some of their exhibitions online. And honestly, I hated it. I Did thought, you? having been there myself, um, I went with my mum about two mm. years ago. Mm. Um, it was just not the same. And I agree, you know, being able to smell the material, being able mm -hmm. to walk around it, see the different angles, even if it's a two-dimensional artwork like painting um, mm -hmm. or drawing, it's just mm -hmm. not the same. And, you know, having the hustle and the bustle of the gallery and being able to, you know, catch something out the corner of your eye, turn around and yes. discover a new piece of artwork that you would have never noticed before had yes. you simply been looking for those, you know, yes. iconic works on Google Arts and Culture. It's really not the same. No, it's not the same. I agree. And um, also going the um, actual environment of an art fair I think one of the other reason collectors love the actual visiting there with all the crowds is that it's connecting with different people, you know, and you'll bump into an old friend or you'll make a new acquaintance and they'll say, oh my gosh, have you seen that wonderful artist on that booth? So, you know, you, you garner a lot of information um, about and you learn and you hear about other artists that you just wouldn't have seen otherwise from, from into, and, you know, from your conversations. And also for, um, like all great things, like all business, actually personal relationships are what drives business. 
I know my uh, best collectors and I have a real long friendship. And, uh, you know, it's that engagement, sitting down, having coffee with them, standing with them next to a painting, really, really communicating with them one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, um, is a big part of selling a, an expensive painting to a collector. And that's not so easy online, sadly. Yes, a sale anyway. is not just about the artwork. It's often about the situation that you're yes. in when yeah. you're selling it. Yeah, exactly. And it and the um, and also the chemistry between the collector, you and the collector, you and the buyer. That's a, that's a special thing. Not so easy just on uh, virtual chats and things. But we're getting there. We may do. <laughs> we may do, exactly. But speaking of which, you do have an impressive list of online exhibitions on your website, um, mm -hmm. and you have been doing for the past several months. How did you achieve those? How successful well, have they been? Very good question. Uh, we, um, it was quite a difficult process, I'll be honest with you. Um, not even, Well, first of all, curatorially, you need to approach it in a very different way uh, you need to choose artworks that are going to have great screen presence rather than physical presence um, so you need to approach it in a different way of gathering the art and then on the actual um, technical digital side uh, it's learning different ways of working with software it's engaging video um, videographers and using photography in a very different way. So um, anybody who is uh, good with a video camera or can photograph art has been amazingly busy during lockdown. Um, and my digital team have worked so hard in recreating these um, online offerings. So it's, it's interesting how the workload has shifted. So my, my digital team now are working flat out digital content, photography, imaging, resizing, whereas the team who are my, what I call my hands-on registrars who are involved <laughs> in packing the artwork, shipping it, installing it, they've been much less busy because the art, art isn't moving, it mm -hmm. it's all stays put. So we've all learned a lot of different skill sets, we've worked with different people, and we're learning as we're going. We've been able to re- develop our website during lockdown so that's helped enormously and we've now got our own dedicated online viewing room on our website which we didn't have before um, so we've learned a lot of new skills um, and we've learned uh, to photograph works differently every time I photograph an artwork now I need to have somebody standing in front of it to give it a sense of scale before I would have just photographed an artwork, copied it onto a JPEG, and you would have just sent it on the, you know, emailed it to somebody. Now they always want to say, have you got a video of it? Can I see somebody standing by it? So our whole way of marketing art and telling people about the art we have has to be done in a, a moving way, I think. Nobody wants just a static image they want to be able to experience it, the different surface of it. So um, videoing and film has become an enormous part of how we 
present our artwork now than ever before. So we're we're learning to do that. And yeah, they've been quite successful slowly. They haven't all been successful, but our viewers have grown and grown and grown. We can now see many more people clicking on and viewing than before. Um, some have been more successful than others. Um, our very first online uh, exhibition was actually a, a film of, um, it was a film show, it was a film of videos by Hito Style mm -hmm. and Haron Faroki. Um, so they made film and video themselves. So that was installed in the gallery. And then we made online films of the films and showed that online. And that would have translated, really well. I was going to say, that would have translated very it, nicely it to an online platform. Yeah. Especially translated. as your, you know, kind of first, you know, exploration into the online exhibiting world. Yeah, that, no, that worked really, really well for us, Solaria. We were happy to do that. And... Um, We've continued to work. So I've, I'm installing a not vital exhibition at the moment in Ely House, which would have opened to the public on the 14th of January. Mm -hmm. Sadly, it's not, but um, we've installed it. And now next week, I'll be working with a videographer and a, a small film team um, photographing and filming the work. And we will be pulling together content and footage and music so we will make a mini documentary film oh, wonderful. as a way of prom promoting this exhibition. So people can't come and see the show, but they can go online and they can see the show and they can hear the artists talk about the works and they can, sorry, not uh, to worry, exper experience <laughs> it in that way. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a very different way of thinking about promoting artists and it's all a learning curve, and I'm delighted that I'm still learning something new every single day of my life. Yeah, so that, that's, all, that's all a really interesting new set of skills we're learning. And how long does it roughly take you to curate one of these online exhibitions? Like, how long does it take to film mm. them, photograph them, in comparison to how it would have been, you know, 12 months ago? Mm. Well, um... The curating probably takes the same amount, you know, to choose the works, to come up with a theme, to write the content. Um, uh, installing them, we would stall them anyway, but now you've got to add the extra time. We would always have photographed the exhibition because every time we would have installed an exhibition, I would have had what we call installation shots. And that would take a morning. We'd bring our photographer in and they'd spend a morning just doing shots of each gallery and they'd shoot each individual artwork and we'd have those, that, those backers' records. But now it takes probably three times longer because you need to mm -hmm. film it. Um, so it, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's more time and a lot more work to do it this way around. But ultimately, I think you know, having those, you know, more high definition photographs, um, you mm. know, the better quality is probably actually quite nice just for your archives even. Exactly. No, it's very good. The whole quality of photography has um, really improved and um, our archives will be wonderful. But, and the good thing is that they will all be digital archives. And in the, in the olden days, we used to have photographs or um great big slides of every image sitting in a hard folder and none of that exists now. Everything is kept 
um, on in the cloud actually cloud archives is how we're going forward yes iCloud oh gosh iCloud, yes <laughs> <laughs> that's right but um out of the three exhibitions that you have right now um mm-hmm. which would you say was perhaps or is perhaps your favorite what would what would you recommend to someone going to your website not knowing about the artists? Oh, that's a very good question. There's a very, very good exhibition of our um, Biani Melgard show um, because there's... Elizabeth and me, yes. Yeah, he's an extraordinary artist from Sweden and it's uh, based on his experience of Prozac Nation and Elizabeth Wurzel, who wrote the book. Um, I think that's a really good online show. But I also particularly enjoyed the Jean-Marc Bustamante exhibition, Grand Vacances, because there's very good footage footage of Jean-Marc talking. He's so articulate, and he's standing in front of the paintings. And I think you wouldn't, you know, you, you you could go and visit the exhibition in Paris in life, but you wouldn't be able to see the artists there. So here you can see the artworks, you can meet the artist, you can get a sense of his personality, you can get inside his head, hear him talk about the process of the art or his ideas of the pictures. So it's a, it's a whole all-round 360-degree experience of the art, the artist, the ideas behind it. There's even a shot of him in his atelier. So it's a very um, fulfilling experience. So I think... Probably Grand Vacances, um, our Paris show at the moment, is one of my favourite online exhibitions. Yeah. Yeah, and as you go onto your website, you have these wonderful zoomed-in animations of the gallery space, mm-hmm. which I think is so wonderful. It's yeah. almost as if you are actually walking down yes. towards the paintings. Um, yes. And they're beautiful works. I've never, I'd never seen them before until recently. Um, and they're very bright and colourful. Um, yeah, I, I really, really like them, actually. Yes, and he's a fascinating person. And he's a great teacher, Jean-Marc. He teaches, he's always taught um, in the great art schools of Paris. So I think that's why he's so particularly, he's so articulate about getting his ideas across. Mm. And in relation to, so you have three branches, London, yes. Paris and Salzburg. How yes. has it been balancing, um, you know, kind of the openings of each of these galleries with the different lockdown regulations <laughs> in all three different locations? Well, Must be quite difficult. Well, it's, it's quite, well, we feel very lucky. I mean, if I had one location in London, I'd be super, super, very, very unhappy, but it's, we're locked down in London, but Paris is, there's a curfew, but the galleries are open. They had six, uh, 700 visitors actually last oh, weekend wow. in one day. That's um, a lot. And so, you know, thank goodness we've got exhibitions that are open in Paris. So, okay, we're locked down in London. Salzburg, I think, is closed, but they can have meetings. So um, the problem, the difficult thing is planning um you know, you plan an exhibition, you, for example, I thought this exhibition would be opening in January. It's not. We don't know when we can open it. And it's the programming. You know, we program our exhibitions 18 months in advance. Mm-hmm. I'm due to have a Ron Muick exhibition in my London gallery opening on April the 20th. I don't know if that's going to happen. And that's a very strange feeling. You know, normally I'd be 
in full throttle working ahead, planning the opening, planning the opening dinner, sending out the invitations, working on the installation, the 3D installation, you know, getting everything ready. I can't do that. I have no idea when that exhibition is going to open. And that's a real challenge. I think we have something like uh, for our gallery exhibitions and all the exhibitions we have with our artists and museums, we have something like 45 exhibitions on hold wow. that should have been opening or about to open and that are just not happening. So it is logistically very difficult. Um, Tadeusz Ropak, who owns a gallery, is, is an eternal optimist. He's extraordinarily... Um, upbeat and optimistic and he takes it in his stride and and that's something wherever that's yeah, incredibly wherever important a, yeah wherever there's a gallery open and he can get to he will be there so uh yeah well i i have a great admiration for his his uh, approach to working in lockdown yes and i think everyone's the same back in mm -hmm. the summer when all the galleries were open again i was out all the time. I think I went to the Titian exhibition maybe four times. Did you? I just, I absolutely had to kind of almost make up for the months that I couldn't go and see anything. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I certainly admire today's Rupak on, you know, seizing every opportunity that, yes. you know, one can to yeah. go and see anything because, yeah. you know, as we discussed, you know, these online exhibitions, I think yours are wonderful, but not all of them are quite as wonderful. So... Mm. I think everyone take inspiration. Yeah. Um, but after the lockdown, moving forward in time a little <laughs> bit, um, moving past, um, how is, um, you know, after the lockdown 2.0 was announced in November in London, I know what were your immediate thoughts um, and what had you learned from the first lockdown of the summer that you decided to do differently or keep the same? Embrace online living, um and uh, I think it feels very similar. Actually, this is a very similar lockdown to March. I think it's less, it's definitely uh, in March, the first lockdown, I was, we weren't in the gallery at all. I think for six weeks, nobody went in this time because, you know, it is possible you've been told that if you can't do your work from home, you can go in. Um, people are coming in. And I think, I think the difference is this time round is that collectors feel a bit braver that if they want to come in and see an exhibition, you know, just one-on-one -on -one with their mask, they will do that. And that definitely wasn't happening in the first lockdown because it, it was all so new to us, do you remember? Yes, we, yes. We just, Everyone was scared to, you know, yeah. go to the grocery store. Exactly. So I think people are a bit braver now. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not so sure. But definitely for me, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that people are... You know, if they're really serious about wanting to come in and buy, see a painting and buy it, they're doing that. So that is good, yeah. And how often does that happen? How often do people come into your London branch? What, during lockdown? Yes, well, at the moment. To, um, I've, I think there have been, this week, four private viewings, yeah. And we've got another four for next week. You know, one a day with one sales director walking in, no one else around, so it's super safe. And we're so lucky because this is such a big space. We're so socially distanced. Yes, it is. I've got all the COVID protection here, like hand sanitizer, I take their temperatures. So I'm very, very strict on it. And it's super safe. And then we disinfect everything and we lock up and off we go. So um, I'm lucky with the um, 
with the space I've got here, yeah. And what are you most looking forward to personally or in relation to the gallery once, <laughs> you know, hopefully things are a little bit better in March? What am I looking forward to? Yeah. Personally, I'm really looking forward to going out to dinner to my favourite restaurant and meeting, having a small dinner party with my friends. You know, I really miss that and getting out there. And I'm also, in terms of work, really miss just having the, my team around me because it's so energizing and the energy level is not the same when everyone's working from their own home. So I'm really looking forward to having all the Ropat London team back and seeing their faces and hearing them and, and um, interacting with them. And I can't wait for that. So yeah, those are the two things I, I can't wait for, Ilaria. How about you? Oh gosh, I mean much the same. I'm yeah. I mostly just can't, you know, wait to be able to go over to someone's house and just sit mm. down and have a cup of coffee and mm. not feel weird or feel mm. like I can't give them a hug or mm. but mm. I'm actually most I'm actually most looking forward to be traveling. Um yes. I was yes. actually meant to be going to Hong Kong in March oh. last year. Yes. Um and a and a few other places. Um and obviously all of those were cancelled. So I am yes. really looking forward to hopefully a really nice summer oh, holiday. Um, yes. And, you know, being able to just go out and, you know, do things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. whether it, that be in relation to seeing art or, you know, just simply enjoying going to the theatre or mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. theatre is something I've really missed. Yes, yes, I agree. It's that sort of the live interaction and being around lots of people. So uh, let's hope, fingers crossed. I hope so too. Yeah, great. But anyway, thank you. Thank you so much, Ilaria. It was a real pleasure talking to you and look forward to seeing you in the gallery um, when we reopen. Yes, thank me too. Thank you very much. Thank you so for much. For this lovely opportunity. Thank bye. you, bye. <laughs>